Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, as usual, Heaps Normal is bringing you Mid-Flight Brawl this week. Get one in your lunchbox. Delicious, independent, non-alcoholic beer available in two fabulous flavours, the original Quiet XPA and another lager. Save yourself the bother of getting off your ass and going into the shops to get some like a dinosaur. Put duty-free in at checkout on heapsnormal.com for free shipping. The after a four-pack, though, pretty much every shop now. It's like Coke, but better. Get into it. Hey, I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. Throughout human history, there have been countless scuffles, melees, and fracasses. When planes were invented, we didn't magically just stop belting the shit out of each other. So ladies and gentlemen, strap in, kick your shoes off, recline your seat without checking, drink your duty-free, and start staring aggressively at strangers. This is Mid-Flight Brawl. Mid-air madness, passengers trading blows. Mid-air brawl on board a scoot flight from the Gulf. At LAX, thrown off a flight from Bali. A disruptive passenger on board. Cussing, screaming, spitting, even urinating. Many of them have been captured on cell phones. Where's the lady that started the? I hope this crashes. Out the fucking door. Any tip rat can fly now, and here's what happens when they do. I'm Luke Heggie, and on my own again this week, Cody has had his hands full for the last couple of weeks looking after his boys on his own. Um, he hasn't even had time to go and give icy cold cans of coke out on the airwaves of the epicentre of the arts, Melbourne. He can he can tell you all about it on next week's podcast. But um, as for other news on the MFB front, last week we made a brief appearance at number nine with a bullet in Fiji's podcast charts screaming up the rankings all podcasts that is not just the true crime comedy genre all podcasts goodness knows how that's happened but uh, fear not the natural order has been restored we're out with this week we're out of the charts altogether flashing a pan love to know which one of you were passing through fiji last week and accidentally downloaded the back catalog give us a yell um in other news i've been on the receiving end some very upset audience members across the weekend. Bad gigs. Travelled a long way for them too. I was in planes for about 20 hours last weekend and um, all comedians have bad gig stories, but I challenge anyone to equal mine of recent times. Terrible form. I would have had I would have had more fun and been funnier for that matter if I'd started a fight. I doubt anyone else has ever had an audience member walk outside the venue and glass themselves, as happened to me and Darwin the other night. Lots of blood. My heckler walked outside and just glassed himself in the head. Well, I'm glad he didn't do it to me. It's a little bit of an insult to my act. And um, well, that's what, you'd, that's what you'd think after you're listening to it. Just go and glass myself. Paramedics came, took him away. Great stuff. Work function too. So I assume he had some explaining to do on Monday. I might be getting a call. Um, while I got your attention though, a couple of Sydney-based podcasts I'd like to recommend 
Mad Dogs with Sean Woodland and Mick Meredith, where each week one of them will discuss an historical mad dog and the other will make ill-informed remarks about it. A couple of old blokes being revolting. I mean, I say old, slightly older than me. And uh, the other is Streamer Roulette with Steph Broadbridge and Daniel Towns, where they watch something random on TV they've never heard of and reconvene each week to rip it apart, usually. It's pretty insightful, as well as entertaining. Listen, they're the two things I'll uh, give a listen if I'm gardening or walking the dog, get around them. But uh, for now, there's just no time for this sort of business. As we haven't managed to get far ahead with recordings, that's a bit of a summer thing. There's no flight incident this week. Apologies to our faithful patrons for not providing the service we do on a weekly basis up until now. We'll make it up to you soon. You can take that to the bank. As for the rest of you freeloaders, I don't know why your behaviour gets rewarded, but uh, that's how life is now, this extended period of peacetime where people get stuff for nothing, especially the youth. So this week you're getting some archival Land Larrikins episodes, two stitched together in fact. Take it as a sample of the sort of thing you'd get each week if you had the fortitude to sign up to our Patreon economy level and above. And uh, while I'm down here, thanks again to our patrons, true benefactors of the arts. Either way, enjoy your weekends, everyone. I'm off to Queensland for some gigs around the Great Southeast with the Sydney Comedy Festival Showcase Tour. If you're around there, check it out. Come say good day. We'll be back next week, though. Hope you then. Welcome to Patreon-only land larrikins. Not every tip rack gets airborne. This is what happens when they don't. What are you looking at? Well, funnily enough, it's got a lot to do with this episode, actually. I'm looking at later in life pro wrestling convert Luke Heggie. (laughs) What are you looking at? Got the toys and all. I'm looking at car enthusiast and keen golfer (laughs) Nicholas J. Cody. (laughs) Keen golfer. We've spoken about this. It's- you say that about pro wrestling. I, I can't foresee ever being into that. I just mm. can't see it. If I if one of my kids became a wrestler, maybe. I don't know. Well, it's too late now. You're in your 40s. Well, I'm not going to do it, but, I mean, watch it. Yeah, of course, of course you're not going to watch it. Again, you're in your 40s. I mean, if you're a – even – I don't think when you were the age I was when I watched it, I don't – it wouldn't have been as good. It would have been old fucking black and white Georgie Animal Steel – Chewing turnbuckles and shit. No, it was around. I just didn't didn't get into it. I was, had better things to do. Wasn't in its heyday. No. Um, anyway, this week, one of the biggest larrikins the world has been privileged to have, obviously, uh, Andre Rusimov, a 500-pound uh, a man, but... Not one of those ones who narrates his own real-time demise for a 90-second package to introduce a segment on Sally Jesse Raphael over the top of dramatic music. <laughs> their only daily exercise, dragging a table full of food across the floor to their fucking bed. <laughs> Not one of them. There's a real point that you, I reckon probably 400 pounds where you, you've got to think, I turn this around now or I just push for those shows. I keep going. <laughs> I got most people, 400 pounds you'd be dead. No? Nah. Like, how do you get over that? They're fucking rookie numbers. That's, nah. For those shows? Not not for those shows. Oh. Those shows are the one in a million who make it to 400 and, yeah. you know, still operating somehow. Nah, man. They're 600 pounders. Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. You'd want to be tall. Um, <laughs> anyway, today, this is a very active 500 pound man. Big man. Three times the size of a normal man. Normal, of course, being me. Um, Andre 
the giant, <laughs> hailed from France, and uh, oh. is a man of very few words. You must love him. You, you oh. two are the same bloke. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of quiet Frenchmen. Yeah, I'm just like him. He, he clocks in <laughs> like me. He clocks in at seven foot five, <laughs> actual inches, pre-internet inches, and uh, weighed over two hundred kilograms. Star of the wrestling ring, various circles, circus style freak shows, and a bunch of movies where they needed a massive man who doesn't say much. <laughs> His voice sounded like a fucking cassette player that's about to chew the tape. You're a French um, Frenchman. You speak the French language. Perhaps for some of the people watching, you can give us some of the French. Je voudrais dire que ça fait vraiment plaisir de venir dans cette région pour faire l'élite. Et je voudrais dire aussi que si vraiment les gens d'ici veulent vraiment bien m'accepter, ça fera plaisir de devenir américain. All right, you know. He's done well on Duolingo there, yeah. Andre. <laughs> you could put that in, still not know. I think he said, it's a pleasure to be in America. Thanks for accepting me, I think. Oh. Hard to understand the bloke. Um, no, wrong. Sorry, mate. All right. Do you, do you talk into that and it'll say right or wrong? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. that, it'll give you that if you're wrong. Yeah. And then uh, when you finish the, when you finish your, uh, the lesson... Little owl gives you a thumbs to, up. Thanks, Duo. Are you still doing it? Nah. Nah. Not. That was lockdown too. Yeah, mm. right. Put it in the corner next to the guitar. Um and they really <laughs> they really did accept him. Uh be scared not to, really. He appeared, this bloke, in The Greatest American Hero as a freak. Uh the six million dollar man as Sasquatch, the fall guy, <laughs> BJ and the Bear, among others. One time, Arnie bashed him oh. in the in a Conan movie. Of so, course, never really managed to land that elusive lead role in Hollywood. Old Andre, um, Evan, I heard I heard the audio from before that the clip that I just played. There was a little bit of audio before it, and I assumed he showed his asshole. This belongs to Andre the Giant. This is his ring, and I kid you <laughs> not, I can get all three fingers in that ring. Beautiful ring, indeed. And thank you, Andre. <laughs> There's something you really need to see the, the vision, not just the audio for that. <laughs> Me and Gene Okerson. Oh, maybe it was his diction that kept him out of lead roles. But I wonder if he ever thought about it at night, just a single tear moment for not ever being accepted into the scene as a thespian like some do or if he just accepted that's what he was. Um, Man, he's a, a few elocution lessons away from being Vin Diesel. He yeah, should have just much. packed himself and... He'd yeah. be fine. <laughs> well, he's probably oh, come on. fucking solid three foot taller. <laughs> um, they really, you know, the movie The Princess Bride meant so much to Andre that uh, he got an advanced copy and made all his wrestling buddies watch it repeatedly while asking, <laughs> did you like my performance as Fezzik? As if anyone's going to say, no, Andre, you're rubbish. Can you not see and hear yourself? You're no actor, mate. You're employed for your size, nothing else. You're shit. No one's going to say that to Andre. So, yeah, it's um, a bit like um, I assume The Rock. The Rock has those similar, obviously, better actor, just charm to boot. But uh, he he just seems to do the same. He's just The Rock. What's The Rock up to? Hasn't The Rock demanded that he never lose a fight or some shit? In, oh. He can never lose a fight in a movie. Would not be surprised. Yeah. That's pretty good. Wouldn't be surprised. It's The Rock. Amazing. Um, I mean, even Rambo got beaten up. He's about the most flawless character you could think of. Man, I don't know how many 
these so-called actors that think they're so great at it. If you're so good at acting, why don't Under Armour give you your own shoe range? You know? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's how good oh. at acting he is. The um the main reason for Andre's larrikinism though, obviously, is his drinking. Like Australians proudly declare David Byrne as an excessive drinker slash hero because he drank about 50 beers one time on a flight to England to play with the mighty Australian cricket team in the Ashes. He was nothing. Andre would drink the whole trolley if his hands could open those little bottles. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Man, just chew them yeah. like ice cubes. Get them down. The, um, that's, that's unfair though. That's, a, that's why they've got the pound-for-pound pound rankings in the UFC. Yeah. Because you've got some very skilled lightweights. The pound for pound may be better than the heavyweights. Oh, pound Maybe for pound. Maybe He would still absolutely slaughter anyone I've ever heard of. <laughs> well, if easily... Booney was seven five or whatever, he wouldn't be able to keep up with Andre. Booney's about five foot two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he he'd be three one third the size, and no way Andre couldn't go three to one. Oh wow! <laughs> in the same time, I've catalogued a few of his drinking escapades oh, here. Let me get some. Uh, I assume it's going to be a few. Get the dinger ready. Oh, there's a few different incidents. Oh, shit. This first one's not a dinger situation, but uh, one time Andre had a six-hour drinking session in which he drank how many beers do you reckon? Six hours. Six hours. I'll give him six an hour. Given that Booney, 52 beers or something in in what's that, 20 hours? Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know what? He's a big unit. I'll give him one every 10 minutes. I'll give him 30 beers. One beer every 10 minutes. No, he drank 119 beers. <laughs> woo! I dress myself in That's one every, every three minutes. That's amazing. Cool. Well, again, they are, they're like shots to him. Yeah, but fuck. Even like still. a shot every three minutes nah. for six hours. No, no, no. no. Oh. Anyone else would be dead. After this, he uh, he passed out in the hallway of the hotel he was in, <laughs> and they just they just had to leave him there. <laughs> Left him there till we woke up. Still not his record. His record. How many beers in one sitting? Do you reckon? Well, what was that? One nineteen. One nineteen. This this one took a bit longer, but it was still one sitting. Oh, so he had a bit. I'll I'll give him one thirty. Yeah, one fifty six oh, beers. Jesus Christ. So. He used to. Hold on. <laughs> he's, he's done well there. <laughs> oh, he wasn't just a beer man. What do you reckon he used to drink before he got in the ring? Oh, before he got in the ring? And how much? Before getting in the wrestling ring. Um, I'll guess Gatorades and the number's two, so he's hydrated <laughs> while he wrestles professionally. <laughs> no. Fuck, man. Quite vodka. The <laughs> no. Um, no, he's going back to his French roots. He drinks six bottles of wine before <laughs> going in the ring. A cheeky case case of wine before the, wow. I'll give you 100 (laughs) Australian dollars if you can guess which wine he used to demand one of his minions purchase and ice down for this purpose. Ice down. Now, when you say guess, what am I guessing? The brand and the variety. Oh. It's a famous brand of that era. Oh, fuck. No idea. I've I've got no idea about 80s wines. Um, Okay. What's the Australian one with the kangaroo on it? It's still around. Um, Yellowtail. Yellowtail Shiraz. No. <laughs> no. Matus, Matus Rosé. Oh, Matus. 
the bulbous bottle obviously made him feel like he wasn't drinking from a fucking sippy cup. Uh, <laughs> it's a big bottle, that, but um, hardly a connoisseur's drop. Yeah, icing it down. Yeah. Well, you, you do have it cold, but Matus Rosé, that's a tacky rosé wine of its time. I used to sell some of it to life's losers, like fucking, you know, those dance-on-the-grass types. That bottle shop in Brisbane, mm. that it seems to be in an area where they're not moving many cases of rosé. What bottle shop? The bottle shop you worked at in Brizzy. How oh, you describe no. it doesn't seem to be. Oh, no, there'd be all sorts. Oh, that right. bottle shop, no, that, was, that was urban rural fringe. There was some rich people. Some povs. Yep. Sometimes a horse would turn up. <laughs> you know, someone would go outside and serve someone on a fucking horse. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it was sort of mixed bag. Yeah, wow. A real, you know, cross section of Queensland society. And real hard to manage. Yeah. You've got to pick that fridge. There's only a certain amount of fridge space yeah, and you yeah, are, yeah. you're dealing with everyone. Oh, there used to be a prick who'd come in and demand two bottles of, of Dom at like 160 bucks a bottle, he'd be pissed off if there's only one in the fridge. And he didn't even have a shirt on. Just a fat 55-year-old bloke with no shirt spending 300 cash on champagne every few days. Nailing the um, nailing the pronunciation? Or would he call it fucking Dommy P or something? Yeah, no. Boy, boys, a <laughs> couple of those Dommy P's, mate. Like a, like a, you know, one of those... Pre-crypto, crypto winners, just a fucking new money yeah. thing to do. Um, Matus Rosé, that's a cougar drink. So, you know, Saddam Hussein stockpiled Matus Rosé in the cellars of his palaces. Yeah. What do you make of that? Class. Fucking hell. QE2 herself listed it as her favourite wine. Sometimes taste buds fail to discriminate across class. No, maybe it's like that thing when I used to work at uh, Carlton United Breweries in the in the call centre, the blind taste tests, Foster's would beat everything. It would beat Carlton Draft, Melbourne, VB, Pure Blonde, fuck it, beat everything. Tried, yeah, see if it beat a, a nice beer. It couldn't beat it. <laughs> a proper drop. There weren't yeah. many then. Pure Blonde was the soft cock drink, I reckon, in 2008. Is it not now? What is it now? No, I think it, it when it came out it was like, ooh, la-di-da. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? It's one where you lose weight drinking it, isn't it? Pure blonde. Mate, stay shredded. Um, I remember there was a bloke at um, at the pub I worked at who would drink them exclusively and he was the fattest bloke Oh yeah, at the pub. He'd have eight or ten mm. and he's like, sorry, boys, I've got to go home. I'm pissed. And I remember the other regulars once go, man, you've got to keep going. If you're going to lose that weight, yeah, you're well on your way. Just <laughs> push through. Drink yourself sober. <laughs> Problem is you're not having enough pure blondes. Yeah. Um, another good drinking incident, uh, one time Hulk Hogan said he went to hang out with Andre at Tampa Airport for a one-hour layover. Mm. Like Andre's rang him up and said, Hulk, get down to Tampa Airport. You live here. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at a loss for how to occupy my massive fucking head for an hour. Yeah, just have fucking 30 beers, man. Hop on your flight. Yeah, but not by yourself. You need people around you if you're one of these sorts of people. That. I can only imagine, you imagine the type of people at that airport anyway mm. seeing Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant yeah. at a bar, I assume. Thinking, is that my brother? No, that's Hulk Hogan and Andre. <laughs> is that mum? No, it's Andre and Hulk Hogan and <laughs> Hulk Hogan. their fucking posse. Um, so Hulk gets down there. There's only 45 minutes left before he had to get on his flight, during which time Andre drank 108 beers. <laughs> 45 minutes. It's fucking incredible. 
Um, I mean, Hulk Hulk was relaying this story, so yeah. he might be exaggerating. Hulk Hogan said that, but then Hulk Hogan also <laughs> yeah. said one time, to all my little Hulk maniacs, say your prayers, take your vitamins, and you'll never go wrong. Yeah. So philosopher, probably <laughs> tell them the truth. Man, he's not wrong there. Also, Andre had 108 beers. 108 yeah. beers, was it? 45 minutes? 45 minutes. I mean, even if he's exaggerating and doubling that, that's so much beer for one bloke. 108 is 2.4 yeah. beers a minute. 50 beers yeah. is slightly over one per minute. Like, Man, I he, reckon for, 45, minutes, 45 minutes in an airport, anything over four, I reckon you can't. Fuck, you're pushing yourself hard yeah. before this flight. You're really trying to get him in. Yeah, even if he's like, you know, quadrupled that. <laughs> 25 beers in that time. That's a lot. That's Heaps. He'd be sculling them. Yeah. Fucking two, two and a half beers a minute. That's not... <laughs> That's not right. They um, they have to be lined up beforehand, Nathan's hot dog style. Yeah, pretty. That's much. not a. Uh, excuse me, barkeep. Sorry, mate. Sorry, I know you were just here twenty seconds ago. And one more, please, sir. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not going down <laughs> like that. Start a tap as it's getting it rung up. Yeah. Turn on that tap. Let it run. Um, a solo bucket of beer, man. I reckon. Yeah. Fuck. It's always a weird look, but Andre's doing it. Andre was quite fond of drinking on the road. I doubt he drove himself anywhere, really. It wouldn't fit. Um, once on a three-hour bus ride in Japan, he had 12 bottles of white wine. Jesus. Um, one time on a trip from Sarasota <laughs> to Dale Mabry, one hour, 10 minutes. Uh, Florida? He, uh, no, that's California, isn't it? Sarasota? I don't know. Huh. Dale Mabry. I thought it was Florida. He made them pull over the minibus. So he could buy two cases of long necks to drink on the trip. <laughs> he did it with ease. It is Florida. Just looked it up. Oh, it's Florida. Beg your pardon. How did you drink 48 regular-sized beers without going to the toilet? That's a bus ride. <laughs> Fuck oh, no. I reckon he's pissing himself. Probably. You wouldn't know. Um, Andre used to order <laughs> mixed-up jugs, pitchers for the Seppos, uh, of various spirits, like a child experimenting with all the pretty colours. And just chug them down like water, and it was, it was this method that saw him one time run up a forty thousand dollar us dollars uh, bar tab. <laughs> on these, yeah, on things that you'd sort of dare your mates to drink at a party when you're eighteen. Man, put the Southern Comfort in there with a beer, with bourbon, yeah, with red wine, with and do that and punch a dart. I'll give you three bucks. Yeah. He's doing it on purpose at nice places. Oh, yeah. Rocket fuel. <laughs> Seeing what he can do to that large body. Another time. Man, that's the fucking the Andre the Giant Long Ice Tea. Long Island Ice Tea. Yeah. I don't know if they were ever, ever a thing when you started drinking, but it was always that's yeah, the cheapest it. way to get the most shots. Oh, terrible drink. Awful. But Yeah, I remember it. I think I've had one. It was awful. Felt terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, Andre, if he wanted, he could go to that cafe at the Gold Coast and Win the Godfather easily. Oh, the uh, the one that Gable Tosti did. Easy. Wouldn't stand a chance, Tosti. He'd get him a t. He'd get himself a new t shirt every day. <laughs> um, another time, Andre, he was told if he if he was finished drinking, he'd have to leave the Kansas bar he was in. It's last drinks, the Giant. <laughs> so he ordered forty <laughs> vodka tonics and drank them all. <laughs> Man, stay open. Fuck. I don't, I've never run a business like that myself, but personally, Andre the Giant walks into your bar, you go, you f- 
fucking beauty. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> to a point. Um, a bunch of people, I, I looked into this, Yeah. a um, bunch of people have celebrated their birthdays by having a drink for every year they've been alive and just ended up daddy bones. Big thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, that girl in Perth a few years ago finished school, turned 18, had 18 Midoris, I think, brown bread. Oof. Oh, no. What a... In Texas, they're trying to bring in legislation to say you only turn 21 at 8 a.m., the day of your birthday, to stop power hour, which is where revelers turn up at a sports bar at the stroke of midnight on their 21st and have 21 shots in an hour to celebrate. <laughs> Ludicrous pursuit. Some of them die. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Almost drop that, drop that age. So it's not so much of a thing. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm fairly sure in my youth I've drunk to near death, but I. I I could just never finish the job. Yeah. Like that is, you've got to be force-fed or something. Yeah. Surely most people are fairly new to drinking. It's spew before getting 20 shots down. But they never spread it out, the Seppos. And you know how much I love America, but so many of them go, fucking, I drank so much when I was 17, now I'm sober. You go, man, just yeah. lower the amount. Just spread it across a lot of years. You'll be fine. Don't do 21 shots on your 21st. Yeah, they've, they do like excess. Um, have a look at them. Uh Here's an interesting beer record that I stumbled across. The fastest beer mile, which is a race where you do four laps of a standard 400 track, yeah, having a beer at the start of each lap, right? Oh, yeah. Generally won by men called Corey from Canada. <laughs> um, the current record is four minutes, 28 seconds. It's fucking incredible. Um, it's real quick. If this particular Corey was around in 1850, he would have beaten the blokes taking the mile run seriously and drinking no beer <laughs> and not stopping. Man, Fuck. that's science, you know. Yeah. That's peak performance. We're improving as a species. Well, yeah. A small caveat, though. The beers are only 355 mils. Ah, oh, uh, fuck. That's where they get you. Yeah. Um, and the, the other thing, though, in the 1830s or whatever, they were punching darts and... yeah. I'd still... You know what I mean? They would have been doing all sorts before running. I still probably... If I was a runner, I still probably would have backed myself against anyone in the world who wanted to stop and have four beers during the mile race. Like, that's fucking mad. Well, we say that now, but it, in our lifetime, there might be someone that, you know, does the Nathan Hot Dog Challenge and then does a 100-metre sprint faster than Usain Bolt. You just never know. Yeah, it could be. I wonder if this with sport, like it's just got to improve all the time. Everyone's getting better and bigger and all that sort of shit. R- records only last a few years now, but it's also the methods. I was, I was watching the Olympics and I saw, I happened to catch a little bit of uh, high Winter jump. Olympics? The, no, summer, oh, no, summer, summer Olympics. Olympics. <laughs> and why don't, like when Dick Fosby came along, that, that must have pissed people off. They stopped doing scissors and started doing the Fosby flop. Yeah. Why don't, I've seen fucking cheerleaders and gymnasts do that one where they just run and start doing somersaults and shit like for yep. 10, 15 metres and the last one is fucking massive. Surely they would clear two and a half metres easy on the last one. Oh, so you reckon the long jump run? The high jump run. The high jump. Oh, the high jump run should be the gymnast. The end of a gymnast. Twist and they could, flipping. They could moonlight over at the track after they finish the gymnast thing. Yeah. They could go over there and fucking nail a high jump, I reckon. They must go three metres. I've never seen it live, well, obviously. Also, I'm not a fucking pervert, but on TV it looks <laughs> really high, their last one. And if they tuck their legs in, yeah. it'd be even higher. Maybe different track, though. They're on that nice bouncy gymnast floor versus the uh, old car tyres. Yeah, I don't know. I thought, like, the tartan's still pretty bouncy. You'd have to, 
I don't know. I think, well, you're landing on a big mat too. You can land on your fucking head if you want. They could, <laughs> they put the effort in. Uh, I'm going to take my idea to the gym. <laughs> I love when the Olympics the other year, remember they, uh, sorry, the Olympics, the swimsuits. Oh, yeah. There was some new swimsuit and, you know, fucking everyone, eighth was coming in with a new world record time. Yeah. Um, they were breaking previous world records and they went, ah, suits are too good. Let's take those off. Yeah. We don't want it to go this quickly. It's like the NFL now, American football, they've changed all the all the quarterbacks in the last 10 years have all of the passing records and everything, mm. and it's because they've changed the rule. Like defenders, the guys they throw to the, the ball to, the quarterbacks, are called wide receivers, and the person that plays against them is called a cornerback, and the cornerbacks used to just be able to fucking punch them and throw them around as long as the play was still going, but now they can't do it outside of five yards. You've got to let them run. Uh, yeah, right. You know what I mean? You can't rough them up past five yards. So once they get past, you can run alongside them, but they sort of get free reign at catching the ball. Like oh, you can okay. still put your hand up, but you can't just bash them can't in the tackle air. Them. Yeah. I thought the whole thing was just bashing each other and whoever's still standing can catch it. <laughs> the Super Bowl champ. Some of them catch the ball three or four times in a career. <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, known for his generosity, though, Rusimov. He once was drinking with Arnie and basketball player Wilt Chamberlain. And Arnie, and we all know someone like this, Arnie went to try and pay the bill on the sly. Yeah. And Andre caught him doing this. You know, there's people who won't let you pay for anything. They'll fucking abuse you and bash you before they let you <laughs> pay your legitimate share of a bill. Um, Andre picked Arnie up and put him on top of his car. Oh, wow. I'm paying for this. It's one of those weird concepts, isn't it? It was into a power move, that, more than generosity. Arnie, not Conan at the time, obviously. Conan oh, yeah, would have fucking sorted him out. Character, so he's, he's weak. <laughs> <laughs> he was fully clothed yeah. without a sword, not less lip. I, I mean, it happens to me a little bit because I'm poorer than everyone, but you know, you need a restaurant and someone's going to shut up, you fucking losers, sit down, I'm paying. It's a bit insulting, but also. Are you saying that because I did that on the weekend? No, no, not at all. I appreciated <laughs> that. That's out of the business account, I think. But. um. <laughs> Whenever I've ended up at a, like a restaurant, not of my choosing, yeah, I'll look at the menu and, and the way rich people are ordering without a care in the world, and I think, oh fuck, what have I done? And I just have the bangers and mash or something, still thirty bucks, <laughs> in the hope that the, like the bill gets split according to consumption, <laughs> not mathematics. <laughs> and it gets to the end, the richies just pay for it anyway, which is a move designed to emasculate me. And I'm always, I'm always torn because free food's the tastiest, and yet I should have predicted it and just ordered differently then that may have swung things. Like if I sat there and ordered the fucking steak with porn and calamari toppers, they'd think, oh, clearly he's one of us. Let's just split the bill with simple division. Then I'm fucked. So I would watch next week's rent get replaced with a fucking after-dinner mint. Delicate operation. It's like anesthetics. <laughs> oh, I remember Matt O'Kine's old bit about the being poor at the restaurant. They're like, what sort of water would you like? And he's like, well, what I want and what I like are two... Very different fucking things. Yeah. <laughs> what I want has bubbles in it. What I'm going to get has floaties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Fev told a story about a few years ago. He did some big dinner with Shane Warne and a few others. Of course. And they did this thing where at the end, so it's a fucking $22,000 bill. Oh, they rolled the dice or something. Yeah. And Warney goes, cards in the bowl, boys. And Fev's going, man. 
my wife Alex put a hundred bucks in my account. I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, and thankfully somebody else pulled the card out of the bowl. Ooh, that's a dangerous <laughs> fucking game. <laughs> that's when you don't want that orange ING card. It's going to stand out like dogs' balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For some, I, I don't know. I just feel like it would attract the hand. <laughs> yeah, I got an in card. It's probably slightly thicker yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Andre. After all this drinking, right? He's um. Oh, speaking of which, one time, right in in uh, in 1987, in fact, Andre had surgery on his back, so he could headline WrestleMania three. Um, so the anesthesiologist or anesthetist, as we used to say before, we imitated Americans or the live long day. Um, he'd never put a needle in a giant before, so man, I assume it was going to be blow dart, like you're trying to drop an elephant or something. Yeah, well, he had no idea much to use. <laughs> Oh, man, all of it. I so reckon you'd be fine. The whole hospital supply. <laughs> well, so he, Whatever's in that bag, pump it in. He just, to, to find out how much to use, he asked Andre how much he drank. Oh, no. To get an idea of how hard he'd roll the dice on the, on the anesthetic. Pretty good. I mean, it probably didn't work and Andre just took the surgery anyway. <laughs> his back's so far from his fucking head you wouldn't notice. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Three weeks later, he went, ow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> Someone cutting into me. Um, in uh, fast forward a little bit to 1993, at the ripe old age of 46, <laughs> oh, um, Andre has carked it. That's weird. Considering how much he drank and how big he was. I was expecting a letter from the Queen at the end of all this, but uh Yeah. No. Nah, Giant should 46. be a letter at fifty, really. He nearly made it. <laughs> His heart just couldn't handle the fucking punishment any longer. Done. So he was in Europe and uh they were gonna bury him near his father. But uh copped a squiz at his will. Yeah. And found out that he wanted to be cremated and scattered at his ranch. In North Carolina, oh. the final piece of the jigsaw where a foreigner becomes Americanized, the fucking ranch, <laughs> the top shelf American dream acquisition. Ranch though, sorry, ranch, is that like when people here say they have a farm and you turn up and it's not? Is that just their Pretty word much. for farm? Yeah. Yeah. Ranch. Yeah. Ranches. He liked, to, he liked to tend his cattle, play with his dogs and entertain friends. Andre. That's when he wasn't travelling for his work commitments. Two of his two of his close friends slash parasites looked after the ranch full time. Nothing quite like employing some friends whose biggest achievement in life is befriending a rich man, is there? <laughs> These ones failed to keep their host alive long enough to never have to re- get a real job. Fucking termites. Sit on the porch there at the ranch and drink 214 mint juleps and yeah. just kick back and... <laughs> Think about all the farm work you're about to do. Well, fucking like owning a ranch, that's that's the slightly more redneck option than steakhouse or sports bar for famous people. <laughs> Just a land grab, really. Hardly tilling the fields and building fences, are they? <laughs> there are some notable ranch owners, though, from famous Americans. Lenny oh. Kravitz has got one in Brazil. Welcome to my fazenda. Come on, boy. Zenda's farm in Portuguese, and I'm the fazendeiro. I'm the farmer. (laughs) (laughs) 
this video. Oh, man. That's sick. the only bit I've pulled from it. I've watched it. It's fantastic. He's getting around in a fucking denim shirt with like, it's torn at the back, but like fashion torn. No, I've yeah. been on my oh, Portuguese yeah. farm, my Brazilian farm torn. It's, it's like fashion cowboy boots, fashion hat. Yeah. And he's coming out with this. Welcome to my fazenda. Come on, man. <laughs> fazenda is farm in Portuguese, and I'm the fazendeiro. I'm the farmer. Well, this little farmer rides around on on his farm on a little pony. And, yeah, uh, like most with training farms, wheels on it, I assume. Yeah. The, uh, the main house entry has Ingrid Bergman's glass piano in it. <laughs> and the, uh, and if, you, if you walk further into the farmhouse, you'll see the drawing room has a red velvet chair that belonged to Andy Warhol. Also, a full gym in a separate wing with a massage room for when you get a when you get back from slinging hay bales, I assume, you may need to professionally get an administered massage for your five foot eight internet inch frame. <laughs> what about the what about the bedroom? Did you see the key the key piece in his bedroom? Oh yeah. Hand hand handmade copper bath. Yeah. You need a you need a tub in the bedroom. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You, you had a round bed too from memory, didn't you? <laughs> no, not a round bed. It was this um, frame for a modern yeah. no idea about the designer, but in the sixties. Said the yeah. frame's a little bit worn, but all good beds should be. You know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking nonsense. He's got a bit of the McConaughey's about him. Obviously, in Brazil, <laughs> they add about five inches to your internet height instead of the standard two to three in other parts of the world. Because I've seen Lenny Kravitz; he is not five foot eight. <laughs> He's five two or three. I still don't know. He's um, how many songs? American Woman. Oh no, he had a big career. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but it, but it wasn't. Hold on, fly away. No, that's going to go lifetime. my it was, way. It was pretty that. It was like Let Love Rule was a huge album. Ah, okay. It was pretty good. Um, you know who else have ranches? Yeah, and this is a little more likely is uh, Kenny Rogers and Cheryl Crow. <laughs> what you got a Lenny Kravitz fact? No, 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 no. Um, well, he's fifty-seven. That was impressive. Yeah, um, he's looking good. Well, if you're just hanging around in the fazenda <laughs> trying to get someone to massage your legs to get longer, don't imagine it's a stressful life. Um, I got one of those beds that stretches me at night. <laughs> <laughs> Hands and feet. Yeah, you get yourself stretched. Almost you can, medieval torture. Yeah. You can blame your vanity on, on a, you know, you're tipping your hat to torture, slave torture. <laughs> Um, Kenny Rogers, Cheryl Crow, their music indicates a closer affiliation with farming, I think. But, uh, Kenny, Robert, Kenny Rogers, he never lost sight of his roots. Like most authentic farmers, he designed and built an 18-hole golf course on his farm in Georgia. Standard. After a, after a hard day's farming at Kenny's farm, you can take your pick of two pools for a dip or have a set with the farmhands on one of the tennis courts. Get some extra work done in the conference centre. You know, farming. <laughs> um, Conference centre. Yeah. Oh, man, I just saw, he just passed away. I thought he was still going. Probably. Like Kenny Rogers. Oh, no, he was going. He's, he, yeah. I remember being sad last year or so at his passing. <laughs> um, probably what I'd do if I'd put in a hard day's yatter on, on Kenny's farm, I reckon I'd throw a line into one of the lakes that has been pre-stocked with fish. <laughs> Just heroically reeling in a big carp for a paddock to table dinner. Paddock to the plate. Here you go. 
<laughs> Imagine thinking I'm on my, what is it, my fascienda? Yeah. <laughs> my fascienda <laughs> and I fucking fish like a real man and then a truck backs up. And just empties fish in it, yeah. Tips, <laughs> tip salmon in and you pull one in and just just flick it at some woman in the kitchen who's got to prepare it for your dinner. Take all the bones out, serve it up to you on a fucking gold gold leaf plate. <laughs> fucking farmers, I couldn't. I don't know. I couldn't stop looking at other people's farms. Do you reckon they actually really fish though? Is it like when you go fishing with your dad and he puts the <laughs> he puts the bait on, he does everything, he casts it, yeah, and then when there's a few pulls, he's like, mate, this is what you do. Then you get to do a little bit, and then he takes the rod off you and even brings it in. Yeah, man, don't want to get your hands. You make too that dirty. sound like the dad's being <laughs> condescending, but I've been fishing with kids. It's fucking pain in the ass. Like it's necessary. Oh yeah, proper annoying. I kept looking at other people's farms though, like Cheryl <laughs> Crow's farm. Yeah, hers has an. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Indoor equestrian centre. Oh yeah, like like on most working farms, you don't want to be deprived of some dressage when it rains. <laughs> um, Whoopi Goldberg, right? She sold her farms, uh, which had a lot of acres. Farms, of, yeah, yeah, a lot of acres of pasture at her farms, which looks like a lot to me like a freshly manicured fucking blue cooch surrounding <laughs> a fucking mansion. Um, Either way, though, timely reminder of progress. I assume it was the end of an era when Whoopi sold up, <laughs> like the end of a long line of traditional farming family name, <laughs> the Goldbergs. <laughs> Connecticut, Vermont, and Colorado, they'll never be the same. Yeah. The Goldberg farmers there. Um, anyway, so what they've done is they've, they've flown Andre's remains to the States and cremated him there. That makes no sense. Surely Andre would be easier to transport in large urn format. <laughs> yeah, they've flown his body. Man, his, his urn is a coffin. Yeah. Just filled with ashes. Fuck yeah. And then some. <laughs> um, his estate was left to his daughter who only saw Andre five times in her life or in his life, right? Oh, he's, um, he's busy. Yeah. He's, he was busy, wasn't he? I mean, she, if she didn't want to have an absentee father, she should have made more of an effort to accommodate his work and drinking schedule, really. So, <laughs> um. That's also the problem, the poor, the poor mum, you know. I've had a call from my wife before. I've been watching the UFC at the pub with some friends. Hey, it's almost, almost bath time. How far off are you? I was like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. But to Andre, that's, you know, 47 beers. It's going to be maggot. Yeah. 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. He's not going to be able to help. <laughs> I don't know he's ever seen a bath. Like he, he'd be <laughs> straight to the trough for himself. He would never have touched a baby. One of those, Trump style. He'd crush it. Um, either way, though, RIP Andre gone too soon, a massive consumer who did so much for Earth. 
especially in terms of taking all those grapes and hops off our hands, turning them into pee and poo. Makes you think. <laughs> the, the final act of just burning the Earth's resources is wanting to be cremated but having your body flown yeah. to America oh, to get it done. a real love- thumb of your nose to the environment you've consistently ruined over the last 46 years. Incredible. Anyway, Princess Bride was good. Well, I understand why he wanted to be cremated, you know. Obviously, he was a, just drank by himself and he'd need, you know, 14, 16, 18 pallbearers. Yeah. It's not easy to. Well, you cremate him, he'd probably fucking fucking explode. You have to be careful. <laughs> you know, a few cuts in him like a snag. You know, put a match near pure alcohol. <laughs> you reckon someone's got a fork to him like a snag? <laughs> It's going to explode, mate. <laughs> fucking pitchfork. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that bring, brings us to the end of another episode of <laughs> Land Larrikins. Thanks for supporting us on the Patreon. Heggy, gig's coming up, lukeheggy.com. Uh, yeah, gigging around. The tour has started. We're on. Ripper. Yeah, cool. Sydney live show, March 5th, I believe. Very close. It is. To now. Saturday, yeah. March 5th, Potts Point Hotel. Midflightbrawl.com for tickets. NickCody.com.au. My tour date's coming up. Thanks very much, everyone, for getting on board. Appreciate your help keeping us going. Uh, we'll copy you next time. Cheers. We'll see you soon. Bye. See you, mate. Welcome to Land Larrikins. Not every tip rack gets airborne. This is what happens when they don't. What are you looking at? I'm looking at Fly Pelican, frequent flyer, and a bloke that actually wants a Jetstar birthday cake, Luke Heggie. What are you looking at? <laughs> I'm looking at a stand up satirist. But not only tells it like it is, but layers his political messaging with nuggets of wisdom we can all benefit from if we just took the time to listen to the secret sound. Nick J. Cody. Hey, guys, this has turned into a TED talk now. Yeah. Fucking hell. I'll tell you what, though, Pelican, like if, I didn't end up flying Pelican, but if I were in charge, of, I'd, I'd pick a less cumbersome bird yeah. for my... Uh, for my <laughs> logo it's like having emu air or something moa airlines fucking dodos it's not not much above that is it no pelican they're not great well i know the problem i know why it got cancelled too we didn't bring it up in the intro with uh mid-flight brawl this week but i saw there were five planes but 11 destinations oh that's that's the problem (laughs) that's one too many if they had 10 destinations they're all just in the air whatever 11 no good got greedy 11's a prime number don't do it (laughs) <laughs> that is greedy. You grow too quick. It's a game of risk starting an airline. Start slow, get Western Australia locked down, then move around to the rest of the world. I like I like those little ones that just stay that you never hear about and you turn it turns out they just fly FIFO workers around. Yeah. Pretty good. They're like, nah, bread's buttered, good to go. What's that one that flies you to the Middle East with just army people on it? Oh, the that starts with A. Portuguese it's a Portuguese airline, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Just that's it. Happy with their lot in life. Don't get ideas above your station. Fair to middle. Get through life. Die. Don't worry about it. The military paid so much money for that airline. Yeah. You to hear about in the States, like soldiers just hop on a Delta flight and fucking go from New York to Kabul, you know. With their in uniform. Yeah. Check the gun in. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I would like more soldiers on planes, actually. Just people would, would be more reticent to just kick off if there's a soldier there who could probably beat the shit out of you, but who knows? Yeah. 
Who knows these well, days? Flights coming out of Melbourne, very little. Darwin or Townsville, better chance, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Just look for the haircut. Oh, the haircut, the bag. They've got those bags. Like oh, yeah, the one green. just got a thousand My hooks one. on them. Yeah. Yeah. Like your beige one that you could just put heaps of stuff on it if you want. Yeah. That, that backpack, fucking hell. That backpack gets one SAS soldier through six days on the road mm. or my wife taking our kids to the shops. It's the same amount of equipment needed. <laughs> so buffets, been around for centuries. Originally, the concept of eating a buffet arose in mid-17th century France. Hold on, France? Um, buffets? You're kidding. Yes. Your mate. The French. Well, Wouldn't have thought so. It wasn't quite as evolved as they are now. Snails, frog legs and shit? It was, it was originally, well, whatever, but it was originally uh, when gentlemen callers would arrive unannounced at the homes of ladies they wanted to woo. Yeah. And uh, their surprise arrival would throw the kitchen into a bit of a spin. They panicked and um, the only food that could be served was a selection of what was found in the cold room. Well, hold on. And that's not, that's not the chick's fault that the guys turned up unannounced trying to get a root. Well, in this era, it was. <laughs> Well, I love that even though it is French, grubby behaviour still has birthed the oh. buffet. <laughs> yeah, of course. Imagine going over for a route and going, what's for dinner? You go, fucking hell, man. You can't surprise me. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> and expect the feed. Yeah. Um, originally, too, knives were poo-pooed when it came to buffets. Had to be food you could eat with a fork or a spoon only Yeah. as a result of being a bit of a hodgepodge. So, or a spork. Some traditions need protecting, some need to go. You ever have sporks in your house, Heggy, growing up? Were, were they splayed? Splayed, yeah. Were they called sporks? <laughs> splayed. Spork? No, it was, a, it was a splayed. I'm like, what the fuck's a splayed? We, have we talked about this before? The no, I don't think we've spoken about them. It's such a weird. <laughs> yeah, we had sporks. They're in the special drawer, sporks. When you had, you know, Pavlova or something, there were fancy yeah. people around, you could use the sporks. Good for a ham steak as well. Oh, gammon steak. Yeah. Ham steak, <laughs> fucking hell. Not much less like I was just empty the the can of spam out and slice that up. Pass that off as a steak. Um problem is no one's really in charge of which is which when it comes to traditions, what gets mm. kept and what gets canned. Um you know what I have always found objectionable yeah. in this realm is the ploughman's lunch. Oh is the ploughman's lunch. Just fucking bread and salami and a little cucumber. Yeah, mate. I mean, I've never worked a plough, but if I did, I'd feel like it was a bit of a fuck off to come in after a hard morning's yakka. Someone to just chuck some shit on a plate without bothering to build it into a sandwich, <laughs> much less cook any of it. Deconstructed sandwich. Yeah, it's, it is a deconstructed sandwich. It's a lazy sandwich. Mm. Um, can be whatever you whatever you like. I think so long as there's a large chunk of flavourless cheddar cheese to seize up your jaw. <laughs> Um, before you've gotten to the large chunk of fucking stale bread <laughs> to finish the job, yeah. and some uh, some some shiny salami. You go, I'm running a risk eating this. Yeah. Bit of shiny meat. Wash it off. <laughs> Have you ever washed off small goods just to eat them? Oh fucking oath. <laughs> yeah. I don't even bother. I just get the slime off this. Will I you? just rub it on my um, jumper sleeve like an apple? All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> or on my quad. <laughs> A cricket ball. I'm going to try and bowl swing with it. <laughs> I've done exactly that, and the dog comes up to try and lick the, the meat, but they won't even do it. They go, oh, no, that's rotten. That's slime on your pants leg. That's no good. Yeah. Why do you think I rubbed it off, fuckhead? <laughs> cheddar's something that I've never – like red cheddar, mm. 
delicious. Yeah. Very good. Got a bit of bite. But um you know, a lot of a lot of Australians think that fancy cheese is cracker barrel. Oh yeah. But uh it's not. <laughs> Cheddar shit. Um But the red stuff they put in into like in America mm. appears to be just normal pale flavourless cheddar with some food colouring uh, added. Just mountain What's mountain your dew. cheese, son? Monterey Jack, sir. <laughs> What's that? It's just mountain dew. They just pour it in. Yeah. <laughs> the red one, code red. Monterey Jack, you know you know the cheese in the States I do like, which you will fucking hate. It's that mm. it is that, not Monterey Jack. What's the one? There's one with like jalapeno. Half and half. Jalapenos and shit in there. Oh, okay. It's like a chili chili cheese. It's like a mashup, isn't it? Just eat, an, eat a jalapeno, then eat your cheese. Whatever. <laughs> um it's just that they, like it's mild, tastes like nothing, comes in a massive block, everything they need. Or sometimes they've got that half and half shredded in about a five kilo bag you can get from cash and carry. Yeah. How's the uh I love that their orange cheese was called government cheese. What's it? It's government cheese. Why? I don't know. Something to do with the red coats. Um I don't know why it was called government cheese. Hold on. Processed cheese provided to welfare beneficiaries. Government cheddar was called. Yeah, right. I mean, in uh, not cheese related, but in some buffet adjacent news, yeah. the uh, the motive behind COVID SARS nineteen has finally revealed itself. COVID nineteen, the scamdemic <laughs> that we all know about, we found what the real impetus was. Get ready, sheeple. It was an elaborate. It was an elaborate scheme to continue oppressing the working classes. Finally, in November 2020, the nine remaining Australian, somehow not heritage listed, Sizzler restaurants closed permanently. Yeah, real, oh, I'm real Taking 600 redundant, mostly Queenslanders with it. Like a comet blazing across the evening sky. Cheesy bread. <laughs> I'm still bad with buffets to this day from sizzler trips and a P-tart all you can eat as a kid. Oh. I never get what's required. I always end up getting back to the thing and I've got cheesy bread and beetroot and ice cream all in one bowl. Yeah. Got excited. I just, I don't know. And a lamb shank. One plate of food, that's enough. What are you, fucking communist? What are you, communist? Mate, all you can eat things. Pretty much, I think so. I'm heading that way. <laughs> Obviously, though, when the concept of buffets reached the shores of America, oh. like so many half-baked ideas pre that, it evolved and refined itself <laughs> at the hands of the Seppos <laughs> to a point where it was more about the skill of balancing a few kilograms of food on one plate than it was eating enough. Um, I've been in it in some American buffets, yeah. It's a, I have to. I've seen some plates where if I was going to pick it up, I'd be using my knees. I wouldn't trust my back. <laughs> I'd chalk the hands like I'm about to deadlift oh. when I've seen some of these serves. Like an all-you-can-eat bar. That's got to be one of the ugliest <laughs> concepts humans have ever concocted. It's, it's obviously really good quantity food they're putting out there, but it's, it's fucking unsustainable, isn't it? When, it? when it was invented, though, like people couldn't eat as much as they can now. Mm. That's why it's a problem. Um, humans are roughly half their current size a generation ago. Probably wasn't seen like the challenge it is seen as now. Yeah. Above. yeah. <laughs> it's probably quite nice. <laughs> now it's just a bit of this, bit of this. Nah, fucking everything. Um, in America these days, some say the premier all-you-can-eat buffet experience is the Golden Corral. I've, 
I've never been in one of these. I've seen one. I've never been in one. Cannot wait. Oh, really? Yep. I've never never heard of it. They did exist when I was in America, but I, I don't recall mm. ever seeing one or even driving past one. Um, Americans are still very much enamoured with the Virgil and Wyatt Earp era shootouts and cowboys and Indians and shit, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Good old days stuff. That's what they call stuff like corral. Now, seeing as though we're talking about a premium buffet restaurant in the United States of America, yeah. if they were to sponsor a sport, Heggy, what sport do you think they would sponsor? Oh, one of those ones you watch. No, it would be, uh, well, the um, IFOCE. What's that? International Federation of Competitive Eating. Oh, no. <laughs> Joey, what's his name? Joey. Uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? Fucking Joey Hamburger. Oh, Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut. And no. his fellow athletes. It's not that. No, they, uh, it's not that. From 2004 to 2006, the restaurant sponsored the Golden Corral 500, a NASCAR Cup Series spring race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yes. <laughs> How good. Oh, man. Um, even if the body positive types who do laps at the Golden Corral buffet don't know what the OK Corral is. They, they subconsciously know it's one of their cornerstones of the greatest country in the world, that old. They just call it old stuff. Yeah, that's what this country is built on. <laughs> For a bunch of dead shits whose idea of culture involves asking a complete stranger how many push-ups they can do, they sure do love nostalgia, don't they? The sex. Oh, mate, they're mad for it. Um, while we're down here, though, apologies to any Americans listening. I know we have a, uh, a few. It's probably, it's probably not you individually. I'm sure you're cool. I'm... <laughs> I'm still perplexed how the fuck you'd come across our podcast, to be honest. I'd love to hear. Like, I just don't know. Well, like you- we've got a few people on board from uh, – I was on the dollop uh, when they were in Melbourne, one of the shows, and uh, a oh, few people have sent me okay. messages from that. Oh, there we go. Because some listeners right. – What, Americans? Yeah, yeah, listeners of the dollop. In America, some, not even here. No, some listeners underneath wrote um, – somebody said, has Nick Cody got a podcast? And some people wrote, yeah, Mifflight Brawl, Mifflight Brawl, Mifflight Brawl. Yeah, right. And after they heard it three, three times, they went, oh, okay, must be then. <laughs> Can't be I'll, bad. Grand sale, grand sale, grand sale. Here we go. I don't, I don't understand why they'd listen. Well, you've already got the greatest podcasters on the goddamn planet mm. in your goddamn country, yeah. goddamn it. <laughs> like that bald one you listen to. Who's it? What's his name? Joe Ro- Josh, Josh Rogan? Joe Rogan. Rogan Josh. I listened to Rogan, Rogan Joe. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Rogan Joe, he was saying something fucking brilliant the other day that even I clocked. Yeah. Never listened to a frame yeah. of his shit, but uh, somehow it escaped the zoo. Oh, yeah. And it ended up somewhere where I saw he was saying about how Australia, New South Wales, it's illegal to do something. Yeah, to grow but he just, grow your own food. And he was proven wrong yeah, pretty quickly. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, just say it, mate, see what happens. Um, I read some comments from people who've eaten at Golden Corral. Yeah. And uh, I've got to tell you, the general consensus, and this is this is the the vocal minority, I reckon. Yeah. The silent majority, fucking loving it, couldn't be bothered penning anything, as as is the case with most things. But um, the consensus is that it's just a feeding trough. <laughs> like when the food runners arrive with the steak, like a Bain-Marie tray full of steak, <laughs> It's a stampede to grab it all off them before it even gets to the buffet. <laughs> Fucking animals. Um, just a bucket. Just a slop bucket yeah, of steaks. Just a bucket of meat. Fuck yeah. Then when the sun goes down, the chocolate fondue fountain 
which is manned by a security guard. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. Gets, <laughs> oh, it's absolutely pumped dry. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> security guard. <laughs> dessert. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Oh. I've heard from multiple sources, oh. uh, people try to fill their cups from it. And then they dip bits of steak gristle into it, among other stuff. Like they just dip in their fucking half-eaten forks full of food into it to eat chocolatey steak. Why not? It's what your stomach's doing. Cutting out the middleman, you know. It's all getting mixed up down there. Yeah, why not? Um, but I remember once at a at a pizza hut in, uh, fuck, what's it called? It's just over the SA border, Mount, fucking Mount something. There was an old, Mount Gambia. Mount Gambia, that's right. Or you can eat pizza. I must have been 12. My cousin and I had 18 slices of pizza um, and about fucking. You eat the crust as well? You yeah, leave them. No, eat the crust. You had to get a plate for Ooh. each slice of pizza, sushi train style. Yeah. The people fucking hated us. But. Um, oh, that was your rule? Yeah. That was their No, rule? that was my cousin and I just being shitheads. Oh, so you're piling up 18 plates on your table? Piling up 18 plates, then riding around on Pee Wee 50s, having a real good time. Ah, oh, it's brilliant. But that's like Pee Wee 50s outside an all you can eat pizza hut in South Australia. That's like the mobility scooters outside the pokes at the Gold Coast. I've seen a few miracles like that. People can just suddenly walk. You'll love this, by the way. Uh, the other night we, we cooked some Mexican food at home and uh, cooked. Yeah. Cooked as a stretch. Go on. <laughs> Wife's cooking up. Uh, my wife, Lucia, was cooking up some mince and she said, Taste this. Is it spicy enough or does it need? What do you reckon she said next? Oh, I know what she, I think I <laughs> Hold know. Hold on. <laughs> and she said, is it spicy Did- enough or does it need more chili? And I said, pardon? And she said, I'm not saying more chili any other way. <laughs> <laughs> and my almost four-year-old said, more chili. <laughs> Yeah, right. You got to teach him to whistle. <laughs> um, do you want to hear an account from a Golden Corral one-time diner? Fucking oath, I do. Mm. That's why I'm here. Here we go. <laughs> My mother died in 2005. <laughs> I'll go on. I'll start again. All of. <laughs> oh no! Oh, do I need the dinger for this? Love her. Uh, Is it how grim's it going to be? Oh. Is it? I'll tell you, if you want to see the best comments on the internet, Heggy, mm. look up a video, any video, Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube, where someone is talking about getting sober, right? So it could just be someone telling oh. their life story, but in that, they've gotten sober. None of the comments are congratulations. That's a great effort. It's all, yeah, I remember that feeling. I've been sober for 15 years, three months, 19 days, and yeah. uh, it is all... Me, me, me in the comments. Really good stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, those of us who think of others don't need to get sober. Someone just posted a meme saying, tell us how you got sober and why. Mm. It's like there's not even a video above telling someone else's story. Oh, man, I'm aware (laughs) of this concept. The me, me, me generation. I love it. Plus, a few side aspects of that, as you just just sideswiped there, is the... Yeah, I've been sober for three years, nine months, 12 days and six hours. I don't miss it one bit. (laughs) I reckon you fucking do, mate. (laughs) 
anyway, this is this is what was written, and I I loved it. I've I've read it a couple of times. Um, my mother died in two thousand and five, right before Christmas. <laughs> right. Dad decided that he didn't want to do the holiday at home, so we end up out of town with my three siblings. My sister picked out a restaurant for Christmas dinner, but when we got there, it was closed. <laughs> Everything around us was closed except for a golden corral. Oh, sounds like golden corral saved the day here. Well, I can almost guarantee you that at the end of any given day, at any given golden corral, you'll find a Band-Aid in the bottom of one of those chocolate fountains. (laughs) Band-Aid. That's got to be the most sinister thing you can find pretty much anywhere. Use Band-Aids. Oof. I love. I'm having a look at Golden Corral. They're in 43 states, so they're saying, oh, man. "Hey, you go to any one of these, you know, over 500 locations, yep, across 43 states, and if we, if we're getting late in the PMs, you can bet your fucking bottom dollar there's going to be a an elastic, oh, a band aid at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, well, there you have it. You can take that to the bank. Oh fuck. Um, <laughs> at the Golden Corral. If your stupid jaw doesn't immediately become overdeveloped after just one endless buffet session, you're allowed to get a full jury trial in front of a high court judge <laughs> representing yourself, obviously. It's America. Um, this summer at Golden Corral, they're firing up a barbecue. You can get yourself Hold on. an entire... Do I need the dinger for this? Oh, probably. No, not really. There's only a couple of things available. It's all the same. All right. Um Get yourself an entire rack of bourbon barbecue back ribs. Like, yeah. You can also get some brats, which to me look a little too cylindrical, even uh, for a sausage. Yeah, brat versed. You know those ones that's like fake meat or an airplane breakfast sausage? Oh, yeah. Too perfect. <laughs> like not one blemish or misshapen end or anything. It's fucking sus. <laughs> it's like a billiard ball that's smooth. Yeah, it's no good. That's, nah, I need something wrong with it. Yeah. Um, uh, you get some other shit slopped out of a bain marie, the way God intended food to be eaten. Uh, you can also do, and this is yeah, what you know, to brought you on, know what it is. To, yeah, perfectly symmetrical meat. Yeah, shit house. You know, yeah, <laughs> I like I like things to be good, but not that good. That's too perfect. Um, you can do a curbside pickup of your favourite items. Who you can't take buffet food home. Well, people do. You're meant to sit on a plastic bench. At a table that is bolted to the floor and finish that off. Plastic bucket bench. There's a weigh and pay takeout option. Oh, that fucking hell. You can fill up a to go container and pay by the pound. <laughs> then you can strap your buckets of food into the tray of the pickup and drive home as fast as you can. Police can't stop you if your 44 gallon drums of food have the Golden Corral logo on the side of them, as is stated in the goddamn Constitution. God damn it. Um, as as you mentioned, right, there are five, over 500 Golden Corral locations in the USA doing their level best to eradicate not only chickens, as is the American Constitution also <laughs> states, uh, Golden Corral, they go above and beyond, as some American battlers are willing to do. They take out a shitload of pigs and cows as well. <laughs> while, they've at it, while they're at it, they've, they've deleted a few billion shrimp. <laughs> They've taken millions of plain white generic fish out of commission. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's just been invented. Yeah. Just a fi- <laughs> triangle's a fish. Yeah, but. I didn't know what a fish looks like there. <laughs> Do these come out of the ocean crumbed? I think so, son. That's right. Yeah, I'm. I know that exact type of fish, and I think they call it like a bass, some type of bass. No, it's a ling, or it's a, it's just a white fish. I don't know what. <laughs> I think they fucking made them. I don't know what yeah. it is. White fish. It's a tasteless white fish. Needs a shitload of ketchup or something, whatever they're going to put on it. Yeah, nothing. It's got nothing yeah. to it. Or it's shark. Fair bit of it. Shark, flake. Um, on, in some positive <laughs> news about Golden Corral, they do run a nifty little initiative called Camp Corral. <laughs> Oh, yeah. a, uh, a week of non-stop fun for children of wounded, ill, injured, or fallen military families. God bless the troops. Um, yeah, I was. Tell you I what. was looking into this, Heggy. How many restaurants? Camp Corral. Yeah, how many? But I, all I because I couldn't find the stat. How many? It's like how many restaurants in did they go? A lot of fucking cash coming through these doors. We need a charity. Oh yeah. Well, you make the whole thing a charity. No tax. Who knows? <laughs> Someone's got to take advantage of those fucking kids. <laughs> Not going to take advantage of themselves, are they? They've got no dad to push them into showbiz. Well, 2018 alone, they raised $1.8 million for Camp Corral. Mm. So is that what made it to those poor I don't know. children? Or seven cents in the dollar made it to them? Um, the, I tell you, gluttony, football, the troops, the flag – all cosy bedfellows, aren't they, over there? America, it ain't me. Um, do you reckon your love of all things military came from a rebellious <laughs> streak? Like pushing back on what your former high school church group does at military funerals for fun. <laughs> Mate, I never had a rebellious streak. I got one detention in all of high school. I was a fucking dork. What for? Um, what did I do? It was one of those. It wasn't an automatic detention. It was a... Um, if you got four demerit points in a week, oh. you know, and you could get a demerit point, non-tuck shirt, blah, blah, you know, that sort of shit, turn up yeah. late, demerit point. If you got two demerit points in one go, you've, you know, you've mouthed off at a teacher or something. But I caught four in a week. Yeah. We didn't we didn't have the demerit system. You just get shit kicked out of you after one. Yeah, I just missed it. But <laughs> if there was, I'd like to think you could just take a kicking. Go, you can't give me the demerit as well, <laughs> sir. You just kicked me. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. Don't know how it works. No, new, yeah, new systems. We went to school in different eras. Yeah. Not that far apart, years-wise. Yeah, I know. 15 years, but a lot happened then. Oh, yeah. With uh, uh, <clears throat> some say advances. <laughs> um, so the evolution of buffets, it's uh, reached a crescendo in, in uh, February, actually late January 2022, when at the Golden Corral outlet in Pennsylvania, there was an incident one of these so-called all-you-can-eat restaurants, uh, similar to Pearl Harbor or Storming the Beach at Normandy, um, or 9-11 even, the unthinkable <laughs> reportedly happened. The um, Golden Corral, Bensalem, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, I don't know if I can say this without breaking down, they ran out of steaks at the buffet. Oh, fuck. Oof. That is. So the patrons did the only thing they could do, start a violent all-in brawl. Tonight, law enforcement authorities continue to investigate an all-out brawl in Ben Salem, Bucks County. They call themselves America's number one buffet, the Golden Corral. But Friday night, it seemed like America's number one free-for-all. More than three dozen people were throwing fists and even throwing some chairs. 
yeah, <laughs> bloody some good footage there. And you've got to put in some effort to knock a Pennsylvanian buffet out of food. Yeah. That is. Man. Oh, I saw them. If I were on the staff that day, I would see the queue outside and go, oh, man, go get some more buckets of whatever we've got, put them in the fryer. Right. Um, now, the chair, they were throwing fist chairs, and I think my favourite thing that got swung around in the video was a uh, was a high chair. <laughs> oh, yeah. A high chair was a highlight for me. That was pretty much the starter gun, a high chair going through the air, just floating. Yeah. Because they're a lot lighter. Yeah. It just looks more sinister, yeah. the high chair going through the air. So, oh, it is fucking on <laughs> once the high chair goes. You reckon there was a kid in there? And it's like, excuse me, ma'am, sorry, I just need this. Click the bulb out, hand it off. I don't think any of us could pick up a high chair <laughs> and a kid that size. <laughs> With an American baby in it. Yeah. Or well, an American Golden Corral baby. Yes. <laughs> Here's a bit of footage from the fight. One security, uh, one member of security, did you see that, Heggie? The bloke holding a high chair, mm. going him, sort of threatened yeah. the security guard out of the door. Yeah, pretty good. He's got fucking, come on, man. Come on, you don't want any of this high chair, mate. Yeah. The security guard back down. <laughs> you know what stops a bad guy with a high chair? A good guy with a high chair. We needed more high chairs at the Golden Corral. Yeah, a few tables as well. There have been conflicting stories, though. Once I looked into it a bit more, did my own research. <laughs> Uh, there's a version yeah. uh, where the Rios brothers were in line for the steak and were making racial slurs at some kids. Oh. <laughs> the kids went back to their table and told their parents. Wow. Um, and then the fight started. I'd say this is the version Golden Corral would like to be true, stopping short of promoting racism. I'm sure they'd rather not be known to run out of steak. <laughs> Unconstitutional. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> There's one a, one good bit in that footage. Oh, one of my favourites. This one. <laughs> the guy filming. All I wanted was some steak. <laughs> I also love that the yeah Golden Corral have had to sit down oh, and man. go. What version of events do we want to push out that we've run out of steaks, or some adult age patrons of ours were yelling racial epithets at children? Yeah. I don't know. But it's a it's a it's a conflict, isn't it? At one stage, a bloke picks up a four seater table. You know, standard restaurant one. That yeah. You've got to put a coaster under one of the fucking prong legs. <laughs> yep. And an employee bravely gets it out of his hands. That's well, pretty good. That was a that was a highlight. Um, <laughs> in the end, the only people injured were the employees trying to stop people throwing shit. They were praised by police oh. for their courage under fire. Um. Most of the people involved in the fight left before the filth came in. Some stood their ground. Uh, that's just someone who thinks he's right, isn't it? Uh, the Rios brothers erroneously thought that the pigs would take their side and say, carry on, fellas, go grab some steaks. There must be some ready now. <laughs> the boys didn't comply with the investigation. A little tip from the top, you're in a violent mass fight. You hear a siren, even if you didn't throw one punch, get the fuck out of there. You'll easily outrun most, if not all of them. Yep. Especially at a buffet. Um, buffet employees, surely they are not getting paid enough oh, to try and stop that. No, 
Absolutely not. Just step back, get into the kitchen where the knives are. I mean, when, yourself. when something like that happens, I mean, pre-mobile phones, it would have been a boon, but you'd just get involved, wouldn't you? Just take your frustrations out. <laughs> Sick and all and brawl in your the, shop. Oh, do you think it's a chance to, sorry, I was trying to save Good trying to save my fellow employees by just stomping this Good bloke on the ground? Stomp something. <laughs> yeah. I love that we both Let's went. Let's face it, there's we, no we, looting to be had. We both went to stomp. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be nothing more satisfying oh. for, you know, an aggrieved long-term retail or, or food worker to just stomp a customer. <laughs> feel really good. Um, in the aftermath, the two brothers have been charged with disorderly conduct for their role in starting the fight, which ended up involving at one stage 40 people. Um, the Rios brothers, the 46 and 49-year-olds, were from where? Well, somewhere in Pennsylvania, I want to say. No. No, out of state. Oh. Well out of state. Right. Florida. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> More Bringing that spirit up. Yeah, man. Um, one of the Rios brothers got interviewed and he didn't mind having a chat. Alexis Rios says it started over a misunderstanding regarding a piece of steak. Rios says the person in front of him became angry with the cook because Rios received his steak first. He's trying to understand what you want. He's trying to give you what you want. I had a rare steak, which is a lot faster to cook than a well-done steak. That's why I got my steak first. Well, he's not wrong there. That is technically correct. I'm starting to see his side of the story here. If I were the authorities, and I'm not, but if I was, I would ask each party how they had their steak cooked and well done would be guilty. (laughs) No question. Case closed. Hold on. Next. Hold on. But I'm, I'm going to take the other bloke's side here, Heggy. We are both fans of the rare steak. Mm-hmm. But would you eat a Golden Corral steak rare? <laughs> I would not be in there. <laughs> I, just, I don't. I think it's more insane. I, again, you don't want to sound classist, but uh, you've got to know where you're eating. Act accordingly. Yeah. Are you eating... <laughs> You know? Yeah, of course. It's like ordering salmon at fucking Domino's. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> are you getting a rare Golden Corral steak? I don't know if that's the best move to make. I think he's the nutter. Well, it's pretty much third world. You don't drink the fucking water, all that sort of thing. <laughs> um, he did go on to say a bit more, Mr. Rios. I grabbed a chair to defend myself, and then sooner or later, that was it. Punches were getting thrown, chairs were getting thrown. You name it, you can call it cups, glasses, everything. You name it. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, clearly they're all defending themselves from fucking circus lions. I can't see another reason you'd have a chair in your hand. <laughs> he's going well with the rare steak defence and then he's fucked it. I reckon, though, if you are going to be in an all-in brawl, you're pretty so. I know we saw the big table get lifted and the high chairs, but you're in a place where it's going to be plastic tumblers yeah. and not glasses. And a lot of tables bolted to a ground. Yeah, well, they weren't. I saw people lifting tables. Pretty good. Tables bolted to the ground. That's a fucking... I would not eat a there. A booth. Unless I'm having a picnic. No. What, a booth? No booth? Oh, booth. Booth I would, for yeah. sure. I love a booth. Well, those big booth, those big booth yeah. setups, they'd be bolted. I want one in my house. <laughs> um, look, I mean, like, fact remains, people who love meat just, they fight more, don't they? Like those... Those thugs who participate in that barbaric shit you watch, they love meat. Yeah, there's a oh, there's a few um, couple of vegetarians. 
Are they? Who are loose operators. Yeah, the Diaz brothers. Nick and Nate. Well, Nate Diaz is. He's a vego. Yeah, but right. he's also prone to throwing a drink at someone and just fighting at an event yeah. that he's not participating in. So, oh, I mean, I'd like to see more violence in vegetarianism. just doesn't really go that well together, though, nah. does it? They're usually quite peaceful. Say what you want about vegans, and we all do, but uh, <laughs> this sort of thing rarely happens with that mob. They're quite good, quite well-behaved, if not outspoken. <laughs> yeah, just chon. Just chon more. That's how you get the media's um, respect. Yeah. I was still angry, but not as violent. No. Um, man, that's about it for this episode of Land Larrikins. Thank you so much to all the patrons for keeping this going. Uh you're the reason we can continue to make mid-flight brawl for the scummies. We'll have a – actually, we should do a shout-out for the uh, Patreon abuse, no? Oh, 100%. Um, All right. Before we go, though, the 10 months ago, the Golden Corral uh, released a TV ad that uh, I haven't checked. Oh, did they? Sick. Food does look good. <laughs> Oh, chocolate strawberries and a big chunk of carrot cake. Oh. Sore. Oh. A lot of fried. All right. I assumed all that stuff you already said was fried. (laughs) Mate, I was not wrong. Plastic tumblers at the end. The only one for everyone. Golden Corral. A lot of interesting dishes there. (laughs) Man, I reckon buffets are going to come up again soon. Oh. Fuck yeah. Cruise ship. All right, mate. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 